Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're back for the sixth episode of The Bear Season 2 entitled Fishes, written by Joanna Callow and Christopher Storr, directed by Christopher Storr. This was a masterpiece of an episode, so I gave it a 10 out of 10. The acting, the story, the familiarity, meaning I was heavily triggered. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. And the much needed insight definitely adds layers to everything we've seen thus far. And I think it's perfectly timed when something that has come into Carmi's life very much feels as if it's bridging the gap between his past and his present. Before we jump into my review... Wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even YouTube, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback for The Bear or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below. Now, I'm not going to go scene by scene because if I'm being honest, I watched this three days ago. And I did not take any notes. I was supposed to record this yesterday, but unfortunately, my real life can sometimes mirror fiction. (laughs) So uh, things are happening, which I probably will discuss on the Jones Chronicles, Uh, Because that's where I I leave my places to vent, particularly in my personal life. But as far as this episode goes, it is going to be pulled from memory and just the things that I wanted to focus on. And I think the best way to do that first is by introducing our characters, actually, because we get the long-awaited arrival of Carmi's mother, Sugar's mother, and Michael's mother, the infamous, uh, what was her first name? No, it was not Gloria, right? No, Donna. Donna. Because I was thinking she kind of feels like a Sybil or a Gloria, but her first name is Donna. And she is played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who did a outstanding job. She's joined by Bob Odenkirk. And if you don't know the long list of Jamie Lee Curtis's roster. You should go to IMDb and check it out. (laughs) True Lies is uh, one high up there, Freaky Friday, but she's been in a ton 
of different movies and TV shows. She has a very, very well-rounded portfolio. And I like seeing actors that don't typically get the chance to to stretch their to challenge their abilities be able to do so and she stepped up to the plate so so hard there's bob odenkirk who played uncle lee i didn't watch better call saw but i know he's in better call saw i know he's also in breaking bad and i haven't watched that either (laughs) jillian jacobs who played tiffany jeremovich Richie's wife at the time. She is from Community. There's Sarah Paulson, who played cousin Michelle. She is from, uh, she has a long roster too of shows, but I mostly, the first time I saw her is uh, American Horror Story, but she's another fabulous actress. Along with John. Mulaney, who played Stevie, her husband. And of course, John Berthanol, who played Michael Berzato. And then Ricky Staffereri, who played Theodore Feck. <laughs> Just laughed. Um, I think I'm not missing anyone uh, from the group. Hopefully not. I believe those were the new characters that were heavily focused in this episode. We flash back, I believe this was five years ago, if my memory serves correctly. And the bear is about to open. Carmi has returned from Copenhagen because he's went to culinary school, I believe. No, 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 no. He was working with uh, Luca. And then his family and his friends have gotten together because they always celebrate uh, Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is something that is uh, something that is uh, important to Donna. I don't know anything about the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Apparently it is an Italian-American Christmas Eve celebration. Although it is not called that in Italy, according to (laughs) wikipedia.com. It's a grand meal. And I think that the reason why he's thinking about this and how this came about in some respective is based on what I've been speculating all season is that he realizes that he's missing something, something that's uh, a factor that's needed when they both realize that, well, he says her palate is fucked, but for him, it's the, it's the transitioning of making his dream a reality. And with the blessing of his brother, which meant a lot to him. So that begins him searching for the the appropriate excited emotion over that I think 
And because he's reconsidering the chaos menu, I think that they, this particular family occasion may have something to do with it. I could be way off base though. It's been a long day. (laughs) Sidebar, just know I went to the dollar store because that's, you know, where I spend my life. I grabbed a few things, some toothpaste, some Aleve, because my arm is just, it's, it's permanently jacked and I really need something to alleviate the pain in it right now. And I've been suffering through for about three days with this ice bullshit. I was like, yep, time to go find some drugs. That is neither here nor there. As I walk outside, uh, well, actually, I just walked to the front door. Why is it fucking raining? And I don't mean a drizzle. I mean, it is pouring down raining. And of course, I wasn't even thinking. I gave my quintessential response of, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and the cashier thought that was a good time to say, welcome to ohio and i'm like this is not this is not okay bruh okay i don't i stood there for a whole two two minutes just hoping it would just dissipate the way in which it suddenly apparated itself on the atmosphere but it did not it did not so i had to run to my fucking car and i would in this moment decide to park further away to allow myself some exercise from the front door to the back back to the car and then I get in and I had left my windows down too (laughs) everything was comically set up for disaster and of course it ends with the extra when I get out of my fucking car and I my foot just goes directly into a fucking puddle just the biggest fucking puddle it came all the way up to my ankle oh hell no where's my second foot had to join it and they were soaked through so very soaked through and i also screamed (laughs) for fuck's sake (laughs) it's like this some bullshit right here (laughs) some straight up bullshit sidebar over that is our occasion. Christmas dinner. Mom's cooking. Donna. He's coming back home. It's uncomfortable and weird. As most family occasions are when you got a lot of unspoken <laughs> psychological trauma going on. <laughs> With people who clearly do not like each other on the best of days. Let's talk about Natalie first. Because I felt she was just trying to keep things together for her mother to keep her from exploding, imploding, I cracked up when her husband showed up. Pete showed up with a damn tuna casserole dish. (laughs) Thinking he was supposed to bring. (laughs) 
just she just chucked that shit right out the window. Like, don't fucking let her see it. Don't let her see it. The way in which she had to constantly try to micromanage her mother's mood against her mother's desire for her to do so. It was almost as if she couldn't help herself. And I bet when she was growing up, she probably was accountable and was probably much more encouraged by her mother to make sure she's okay. Cause her mother is off the chain and how she came out of this situation sane and relatively put together with a husband and a baby on the way and still trying to offer the olive branches that she does makes her a fucking queen. I'm really proud of you. So she really didn't deserve what was coming her way when she simply asked her mother if she was okay. Because she didn't look like she was okay. Everyone's reaction when she said it too. Oh, don't do it. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. It's unfortunately this question that sets Donna off on the tirade that she had been waiting to go off on all night. This was just her crescendo. She was, she was pretty much escalating to this moment. It's just really unfortunate that Natalie had to get it the way she did. Cause like, do you ask anybody else if they okay? Why do you ask if I'm okay? Ooh, she, she's a monster. Let's go on to, cause I don't have too much more to say about sugar that I can recall. Let's go to Michael and Uncle Lee. Uncle Lee is not really his uncle. It's just his mom's boyfriend. And they do not like each other. Fuck your couch, nigga. <laughs> Buy another one, you rich motherfucker. Fuck your couch, nigga. Fuck your couch. Lee gave me the impression that he's an enabler. Clearly, Donna has some alcoholic issues. Which... I find ironic that he would throw Michael's own addiction in his face when he is actively mopping up the mess that his heavily intoxicated girlfriend is making without any type of uh, chastisement. Instead, he decides to jump on Michael, who's sharing, yes, the same story that he's always shared for the hundredth time. Everyone knows the punchline, but they know he likes telling it and it's a good story. They like reminiscing about it, but he just considers him so beneath acknowledgement. It's almost as if Michael is who he used to be and then he went and got himself sober and clean and now he just wants to lord it over someone else. (laughs) Maybe I'm taking too much personal uh, experience, bias, opinion on that, but that's how I took that read on Lee. I did laugh when they got into the the fork challenge. (laughs) Where he threw forks at him because at that point he's high as fuck. He's high as a kite. And 
he has been told by Lee, like, you know, and everyone knows that you're fucking useless. You're worthless. You don't have anything to to offer this world. You're setting up this business. But in the end, you're a failure. And all the things that you've done, all the things that you do, it all doesn't amount for Jack Diddley shit. I tried so hard and got so far But in the end, it doesn't even matter John Berthenol is definitely tied with Jamie Lee Curtis for best performance of the episode because that hit him hard. Hit him so hard, you could see it in his eyes, which only increased the hatred he had for this man who is clearly not going to be able to take out this hunky <laughs> um cocaine up dude i don't know what the fuck he's taking maybe he's pres- prescription drugs and yet he has no like he, he reminds me of my my uh my daddy to be quite frank where they want to still step up because they still remembering they old school knock around when they was when they was big shit still acting like they pull the same authority they used to but in the end they know that the strife between them is gonna win with lee because even if michael can physically uh beat him he can't emotionally evade his truths but when he said if you throw that fork one more time i'ma kick your ass and stevie was over there looking hella nervous and he had to say the fucking grace <laughs> it said please please give michael the strength not to throw that fork pray for me Unfortunately, once mom flew off the handle and considered dinner a failure, he's like, well, that was the the piece still off the table and threw that fucking fork. And then they started fighting. Michael did have a conversation. And I think this is when he decided that Carmi was not going to work at the shop with him. Uh, because here is Carmi with all these ideas of how they can turn the bear into this this restaurant they've had this dream forever Carmi, you can tell just hero worships his brother and thinks that he's the epitome of a great man and the idea that he would shatter that illusion that his brother has of him is too much to bear and he has that breakdown after he realizes how much work he's put into trying to make this something that they can do together and he clearly had no intention of or tried to find some intent i'm not sure i'm not sure i just know that after this breakdown he starts doing drugs i think he was on something before but then he just said fuck it i'm not even gonna try to hide being on drugs and i'm really surprised that carmy never know never knew i think going back to that comment that 
Richie said, like, how the fuck did you not know that he was on drugs? I do wonder when Lee came into the picture, because if it was relatively quickly after his father died, if he grew up with Lee putting that is putting that in his ear on top of his mother, I can see why Mikey has the issues that he has. Natalie was able to avoid, I think, permanent psychological damage because A, she found a partner who she could share the emotional burden with. I also think that her nature is that of empathy. And because of her highly empathic nature she's able to easily forgive those around her and thus she's not caught up in all of the like she is but she knows and she's fully aware that hey I, I can get therapy for this like she said we were going to therapy for this or to AA before she told Carmi she's not allowing herself to 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 hold on to any type of resentment or negative feelings even if she had them she processed them whereas michael i think he feels a deep sense of being uh just this guy uh that's on the block doing this thing i think there's more to it than even that there is this small criminal element that we're kind of ignoring, but I don't know if they're going to explore it further. They did in the first season with the drugs. I'm guessing those drugs came from somewhere. And I think that's what Uncle Jimmy is into. <laughs> so I love Cicero. Don't get me wrong. But I do think that there's more to their backstories. But I think it, it begins with with the childhood don't fuck up your kids man trying to teach this to my sister don't fuck up your kids let's talk about richie and the difference between five years and that's why i keep saying what were they doing for the uncle for these past five years he joins tiffany upstairs they have an intimate conversation but she's more stressed out about the fact that Hey, we, we have a child coming into this world and we do not have a secure financial future. And Cicero was supposed to give him a job. Unfortunately, when Richie went and asked him for a job, tried to bring it up quite a few times, he said he would think about it. I don't think he really wanted to give him a job. But seen as his wife called him out at the dinner table well first thanking cicero for giving him the job cicero is put on the spot and has to save his ass and while that felt like a wholesome scene i don't know maybe i'm just a cynical person by nature <laughs> but richie certainly went from okay i got a job i have a pregnant wife 
I have and I desire more importantly, not needing to be motivated to desire to have a purpose in my life. And he feels he has something to offer. He has more of himself to offer. And you can see that there's an energy behind him. However, he did point out in the first season to Carmi that I'm the one that had to stay around keeping your fucking family together while you got to go away. So I think that possibly his further involvement maybe possibly just even the the selling of drugs and being comfortable in Michael's shadow and bearing the weight of all that just kind of eroded his own personal needs and desires and that would make a lot of sense and it's unfortunate and I hope that he finds that Richie again because he wasn't quite as temperament still the same idiot but not quite as temperamentally angry and volatile and even just self-sabotaging as the man is right now I stated last episode that Richie was my favorite character and I had a few people jump in my DMs was like what the fuck Richie Richie and I was like, yeah, I must have misspoke because I don't go back and listen to the podcast. I meant Fack. Fuck. Fuck. See, every time I say his name, it comes out different. But that, no, that's my favorite character. <laughs> then Sydney, then Richie. And then, well, no, I don't know. Sugar kind of went up higher than Richie. I No, Sugar is higher than Richie. What am I saying? <laughs> It was good to see him at another stage in his life where things were going really good for him for the most part. And then it all rather fell apart. And now his wife is moving on. She's getting a bit, uh, she's got a better job. Uh, She's got someone she's about to marry. And he seemed to have lost it all in the last five years. Let's move on to Michelle, who just seems as if she is fully aware that something is wrong with Donna and she kind of calls her out on it. Like, are you okay? I mean, not are you okay, but she tries to stand up for, for sugar, but even she who also seems like the most sane out of them all. I don't even know why she shows up to this Christmas dinner, but I guess family's family. And then that, that I did like the toast from, from Stevie. Uh, I'm not sure I fully agree with it, but the, uh, the whole idea of how he feels as someone who didn't grow up with the family, like what you guys, guys have here is special, even if it is, extremely chaotic and it comes with its own particular uh triggers you all choose to come together on this occasion every year to celebrate each other as a family and i didn't have that so thank you for having me here and i thought that was very sweet she is the one that offers carmy to come to new york which he clearly takes her up on to pursue his career and that's where he started truly attacking 
the culinary world with his talent. But ultimately, Michelle is someone who knows that the situation is wrong. Like the clearly this is dysfunctional. This is not a healthy place to be, especially for Carmi. And now she feels that she is in a position to offer some help because she's not strong enough to confront. Now, was are they supposed to be sisters? I thought they were sisters head on, her and Donna. Y'all notice I, I, I saved Donna to last, Donna and Carmi, because this is the first time I got the inclination that Carmi might be more like his mother than we realized. Um, these two have very unique ways of dealing with their own stressors, stressors that they put themselves under. And I'm going to make some comparison and contrast. Uh, Carmi deciding, okay, we're going to open the restaurant and then puts them on this timer. And in the episode, all Donna was on was a timer trying to make seven whole dishes all by herself, very chaotically in this over cramped, stuffed kitchen where it's just mayhem. And the more she's under this stress, the more she begins to to drink, the more she begins to lash out. One minute she's self-deprivating. The next minute she's uh, verbally abusing her family members. They're trying to assault her for whatever fake phantom offense that they took. And she just has everyone walking on eggshells around her. And Donna really simply is, I think, mentally unwell. (laughs) I, 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 I think the addiction certainly is a coping mechanism because she's drunk by the end i mean she's drunk drunk she the mascara is running (laughs) she's talking about no one appreciates her Uh, she's trying to do all this so that they can be happy and they all tell her she's doing a good job and then she's like fuck all of you guys you're just you know and if you try to offer help or any type of opinion that she does not like I mean, that moment where she stared at Carmen, she's like, do we have a problem? Crazy motherfucker named Joe. Followed by that slap. Then we get the, the reconciliation of her hugging her son. He feels as if he's emotionally numb, but absorbing the everything that is Donna's behavior, Donna's psychosis. 
I, 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 I need more than this episode, of course, to, to elaborate on this. And maybe I'm, I'm off base because there's not that much, but the fact that Carmi, um, well, I go back to that first episode of him and the bear. And I thought the bear was a metaphor for the restaurant, which is now about to be called the bear. But I do think that the bear may also, well, now that we know it is himself, truly himself. And I do mean, as I was kind of pointing out last episode, maybe the not nicest traits that we're not accounting for because of what we know of what his past is. Uh, but something I'm also trying to get people to understand in my life is that your past trauma does not give you an excuse to enact that on your children. You should take the stance of it stops with me more so because you understand what it's like to grow up under that particular umbrella of of abuse even if it's emotional even if it's neglectful that's that's an abuse and so whether or whatever is going on with donna whether she's bipolar i'm not a psychologist so i'm not going to try to diagnose her <laughs> and i do think sometimes when i'm doing these recasts i i over uh maybe try to psychoanalyze people when really truly those are done by professional and I should just say they have those characteristics um that there's something that these two people when I see them and then you see him having this moment long moment of looking at her that it, it's almost, I don't know, I can't put words in it. There's a transmutation going on. <laughs> the, the, the pressure to open this restaurant in three fucking months. Uh, I think even that, that might be something that is, uh, that is even picked up by sugar. The desire to work under an incredible amount of pressure and feeling at their best when they accomplish things under that and continuous amount of intense uh, stress. But when they fail, they fail big or when they feel they fail, they fail big. And in her mind, no matter what anyone said, dinner was an absolute fuck. And everyone at that table didn't give a fuck about her. And they could go fuck themselves. <laughs> and Carmen's looking for this way out. His way out is this, this, um, is the bear. His way out is continuing into the cycle. And I think that it's his brother who realized, no, 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 no. Even, oh, oh, that's another thing I forgot to bring up. Cause it's in this episode we find out, cause it's five years ago. So it's not like it was 25 years ago. That kind of puts a little bit more perspective on the whole, <laughs> the whole, uh, what's her name? Jeez, every time I want to call her Chloe, and I know that's not her name. 
um, his new girlfriend that that his brother was the one that really wanted her to date him and they was like they're gonna be perfect or claire they're gonna be in the family and i think that that is i'm telling you that's part of the whole being put back into the grief cycle or not the grief the um not the but the the atmospheric nostalgia of before versus focusing on the now and the future those things terrify him but i think it's appropriate because he hasn't really dealt with his past at all he hasn't had a chance to do that to be able to go and consider the future so until he backtracks and does this relationship and figures out what the fuck's happening with his mom and his relationship with his brother and coming to terms with all of that, I don't think that his future is going to feel as happy for him because he he truly doesn't, he only knows one path and it's leading him backwards, but backwards is a forwards in a way because it's going to force him to confront those demons how else is like carmy like his mother well they both as uh, they're both very indecisive people they don't have a lot of they don't share they 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 lash out they they don't make the appropriate conversation with people uh, and I think that that's a, an emotional stagnation that that he never really got out of. It's why he's pretty much in a relationship he had to be talked into in a way because <laughs> he just doesn't have those th- that skill set. His brother was the one that was the extrovert the 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 face it's why he admired him so much because he had all of those those uh those important talents that he wished he had and he just he still is trying to find his touch with them or get in touch with them because he also did during this entire scene or during all these scenes looked a little removed behind the eyes a bit as if he was a part of himself emotionally detached and that is never a good thing (laughs) so I think that going forward these waves of new emotions are going to have to be sorted and he's going to have a hell of a time sorting them. But I do think that his relationship with Claire and it being tied to Michael kind of reinforces to me, at least, that that relationship doesn't have the highest potential of success, not only because it's his first but because it's tied to a situation 
and even an exact time and place where he was in intense uh probably one of the last meals he's had with his family right so one of the last lingering moments he's had he's he's jumped back there but with the weight of that is a lot of other things that's going to have him as i pointed out earlier maybe confront the donna of it all and that doesn't spell it doesn't really spell success but we shall see i could be wrong i think one of the last things to make the comparison chart i said compare and contrast like (laughs) there aren't things i could say that are different about them yes because i think that the difference being uh carmy is a little bit more self-aware but that is because he has gone out and lived life away from his family for five years yes that came with its own baggage but i can tell you from experience being away from the trauma i feel like i'm overusing the term but there's no other better uh synonym coming forward for it is is a breath of fresh air it allows you to breathe <laughs> it really does it allows you to breathe at least while you're dealing with a different set of problems you're not dealing with those problems and then you get to learn from other people see how like he points out the two people on the line how they handled conflict with each other and integrating that into you know how he wants to handle conflict he's going to aa once he realizes that holy shit almost burnt my place down but that is also going back to the comparison chart of what most scares me between these two people is that donna after having this explosion doesn't just go upstairs and drink it off or cry in the bathroom no she crashes her car through the dining room and now let me get in my truck because all them bitches are catching and the episode ends with her sitting in the car knowing what she has done but kind of doing it anyway sometimes when you're in a place and this is from my teenage years so (laughs) excuse the one time i can bring up when my hormones were absolutely irrationally out of control you do things that when you're upset to try to i don't even know if it's self-harm but in it's really hard to put a, a a word to it but it is in a way attention seeking but not because it's almost like something dramatic needs to happen something something just absolutely batshit uh, that's why you have those chicks being doing crazy things like running down their boyfriends and crazy. Th- yeah, uh, when your emotions are off the hinges, let's just say that because it doesn't need to even be about anger. When your emotions are off the hinges, 
there is, a, I think, a part of your brain that goes into uh, fuck it mode. And I think that's exactly what Donna said. She said, fuck it. I don't fucking care. Uh, everyone went to doing, you know, she had her outburst, but no one ever, no one ran to her. Because I think there's some narcissism involved, narcissistic qualities, traits involved in Donna's behavior as well. Uh, and maybe, uh, maybe a little, um, anti <laughs> social disorder. I have no idea. She's a mess is what I do know. And the thing that makes me think of Carmi is his obsession with burning shit down. Like he tried to burn down his apartment when he was sleepwalking. He tried to burn down the restaurant. He even mentioned before in the past he's done things that are destructive maybe a little of self-destruction in there as well but her lack of caring about because uh, I, I know I mean did she really want to I don't think she really wanted to harm herself I think she wanted to harm her family I think she <laughs> she has absolutely no true remorse for how her actions affect those around her because you see Michael at the door and he's screaming hysterically for her to open the door and she's just sitting there just numb to it all and I don't I don't like seeing that same kind of look in Carmi's eyes and I definitely don't want to see that look in Carmi's eyes around Sydney. <laughs> oh, at least not through the first trial run of romance. <laughs> yeah, I'm selfish like that. That's my thoughts on the episode, but we do have feedback. Let's hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. Uh, this is my feedback for The Bear. Um, this is episode six of season two. Um, I'm not sure how you're going to feel about this episode, but I got to be honest with you. It was a struggle for me to get through it. It was a longer episode. I, I, I think it was like an hour and a half. I could be wrong. I know it was more than 30 minutes and it's, it took me the entire week because I was a week ahead, but I tried to watch this before I went to work. I couldn't, I barely finished it. I kept like getting sleepy and having to rewind. Like I, I don't like storylines like this. It felt so chaotic. Like I understand what they were trying to show. I understand what it was meant to do. But it was just too much, like for me. Like they could have, they could have made this shorter, maybe 42 minutes, but it did not have to be this long. It was so much crap piled into one episode that was like consistently chaotic. Like it was just everybody talking over everyone. You know, a long dinner. I, I don't know. I was not, I was not a fan at all. Uh, not even a little bit. Um, this is not going to be very, very long. Um, I understand that we were, we're we got um, Natalie is her name, 
they call it sugar. I could not remember what Carmi's sister was called. <laughs> I remember now, but you know, it seems like she's always the caretaker. It comes across as though she's the middle. Carmi's the baby, um, and Mikey's the oldest. Um, and I don't know, so, some women, and I'm going to say this because I feel like my mom is one of them. Some women, for some reason, even though the daughter is the one that's probably the most successful, the most loving and caring, and probably checks in the most, some women just do not like their daughters. <laughs> Can't explain it, but I got that vibe from Carmi's mom. Um, Sugar is definitely the one that's that's always there and always cares. But she was the one that got cursed out in the end because she's asking if you're okay. You were just, the mom was just yelling, Donna, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Shout out for them getting Jamie Lee Curtis, but like I said, chaotic. Anyway, she was like having mental breakdown saying no one cares about her. No one cares. No one wants to help her. And the entire episode, Sugar kept going in there trying to see if she needed any help if you were okay trying to help but you wouldn't let her help you um carmy clearly doesn't want to be around this i would assume it's probably a trigger he has anxiety issues of his own and his family was giving me anxiety um so i can imagine being around them probably is a trigger it probably makes it hard for him to function um especially um it, being a chef, he probably is used to organization, probably used to cleanliness, and there was none of that going on in the kitchen. So I could see why he didn't want to come. Um, and Mikey is a loser. What was his name? Leo. Everything Leo said at that table was true. Now, I'm sorry. The first fork Mikey threw at me, I would have jumped across that table and beat his ass. And as a guest there, there is no way. After Mikey threw the second fork, I would have I would have grabbed my shit and left fuck this food fuck them seven fishes i don't want nothing to do with this that's just me being a hundred percent honest there's absolutely no way i don't like drama especially on a holiday that's already stressful i came here to eat and this is too much <laughs> there is no way that whole end scene was absolute bonkers it plays into the chaoticness of the episode it was just a freaking uh fire i would say i felt like the and the entire episode was a bomb and the end was it finally exploding um when that car came through the front of the house i was like what the fuck i was like i know carmy's mama didn't drive this house drive this car through the house and sure enough that crazy heifer did like and you wonder why your son don't want to come see you <laughs> i i know it's not funny but it's kind of funny she's cuckoo and and in all honesty i don't know if she's always been like this i don't know if she's just you know been depressed since uh their dad died and she's just drinking and this is the the effects of her being depressed and all of her actions are based off her being drunk or if she has some underlying mental health disorder that she is just self-medicating with alcohol there's no way for me to know but i will say that one of her sons committed suicide and the other one has anxiety problems and i think sugar is probably a little bit better off probably because it sounds like she's educated and i know education is important because it opens your your mind to other things who knows what you know while she was in college what things she encountered um she also has a husband who is actually they call one of the norms <laughs> so he's probably normal um and 
who he's probably really good to her. He probably she probably has him to talk to, and uh, it helps. Um, but we know Carmi has anxiety problems, and I I can't diagnose stuff, so I I don't know. But he might have some underlying other issue. But he definitely has anxiety, and I would assume some type of panic disorder because if he be getting wound up and it looks like he's about to lose it um but he does go to those meetings so he probably has a lot of self-soothing techniques um but yeah i i think my personal professional opinion is carmy's mom donna does have some underlying um mental health disorder and she drinks just to self-medicate um it, it's her drink has probably gotten worse since the dad died or it could always be like this who knows um what else um i don't think i have anything else to say um but i'm not quite sure what leo's like what his relationship was was he a boyfriend because mikey seemed to not be okay with that but honestly like i feel like it gets to a point where you're like okay if you're going to be the man of the house, you got to be the man of the house. And it doesn't seem like he's fit ruling of anything. You are living with your mom, not doing much. And you're, you clearly destroyed the restaurant your dad and mom built because we saw, we see what Carmi is going through. So we know you're not good at the business. Um, so everything Leo said was pretty on point. Um, the one funny thing, it had me cracking up and I was, I was honestly on Leo's side. I know the actor, um, that played Mikey is one of your favorite actors, but Mikey as an actual human being, like the character seems like he's straight trash. But when he was like, just throw, throw the fork, throw the fork. And he was like, you're flinching. He was like, I'm not on anything. I have a normal human brain connected to nerves. So yes throwing something flinching is going to be normal you know i'm scared to, you, you know you're going to hit me with it <laughs> i was cracking up because it's like dude you do look like you're on something and in leo's defense hearing the same story a hundred thousand times especially when the person gets animated in the same exact areas is kind of fucking annoying because i have to deal with it every time i go to darren's side of the family like i gotta hear this dumbass story from his cousin one more time who I will say it's literally Mikey because he a grown ass man. He's in his forties, mid forties, never lived outside of his, his mom's house. And it, his mother doesn't even like, they live in the inner city of Chicago. So they don't even like, he, it's not even a house. It's like an apartment that they've lived in literally their whole house. You're a fucking loser. And the, the worst part about him is the fact that he's a Republican and he thinks he's wealthy. You don't own anything, sir. The last time you bought something new was uh, a a Kia. No, it wasn't. An, it wasn't a Kia. It was an Acura um, in like 2006. So, yeah, whatever. Vote Republican. That's fine. You're literally voting against your mother's self-interest because she's on a fixed income um, and living off Social Security. And you're semi-unemployed. You get a job every you know, 90 to 100 business days. But anywho, Mikey is a real person somewhere and a loser. So Leo wasn't wrong. I don't know who Leo's supposed to be, but doesn't I don't think they were called, they weren't calling him uncle, they were calling him cousin. They were doing that to everybody else. Um, and then Fat and his brother, 
who looked like they were twins. They were hilarious, but also annoying. Um, like I said, there was a lot of shit going on in this episode that was kind of irritating to me, and it was too much. I am looking forward to the next episode because it's called Forks, and it was funny because, like, the episode before that, they're supposed to be, you know, looking at uh, silverware, and clearly it appears as though Carmi has, uh, you know, forks as a trigger. <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't lose his shit, but we will see. Um, I will end it here until next time. Love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the Couch Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. And while I don't uh, agree necessarily that I hated the episode, I understand why. Uh, I, I think a lot of people will either really like this episode or really find this episode uncomfortable and thus take a, a dislike to it. Especially if you are someone who this is what your family may and may not look like. <laughs> Why must it may not? It looks like, okay? Because for me, that was probably the biggest, like, ugh. Like, I, it, it, it was filmed in the intention to put you in the full chaos of it all and not allow you to breathe until that moment you get upstairs where Tiffany is, where I would probably have been <laughs> faking some sickness <laughs> until it's time for dinner. Um, but yeah, everyone's got some level of this, but there's some level that is the actual show traumatic level <laughs> that it's a bit much so I, I i hear where you're coming from on that uh leah is the boyfriend from what i get she's the on in and off again boyfriend of donna i don't know how long it's been going on but i'm gonna guess it's been a while i'm guessing they break up because her alcoholism gets in the way because he seems a little bit further put together uh, at least he has a, a full understanding of what's going on. But then, I, I don't know. You never can tell why men make the choices they do and women do. <laughs> there is this trend that men like women that are not all the way there. Uh, but yeah, everything he did say about Michael was correct. How did I feel? Did I feel sympathy for my? I don't think I felt sympathy for him. No. So I, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> it seemed as if he and his his cousin, best friend, Richie, were in this childish, never really grew up from being the most uh, charismatic kid in high school and now don't have much to account for. And he's around these you no know, more successful people. That's why he doesn't like Michelle. She's more successful. His sister, she's more successful. Even his brother is finding his way. And here he is the eldest and everyone's moving away from him. A metaphor that's ironically used by Richie. And so he only falls back into his own self-loathing. All of them seem to have that genetic trait. Even Sugar, to a certain extent, she questions herself a lot. 
So uh, I think it is genetic. I think it's 100% genetic. You might have just heard a crack because that was my chair. <laughs> and I too am the same with you. I'm like, I don't really want to try to diagnose. But there, there's definitely something more going on than just, you know, because uh, no one, no one has those types of cycles. Even in, it doesn't even feel like depression. Um, it could be, but even if it's depression, the way she mood swings between that, that doesn't feel quite as, but I don't know. I don't deal with the, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I'm not diagnosed with depression. Now you mentioned Carmi with anxiety. He does have an anxiety, but I'm starting to think that that anxiety is tied to a certain different addiction for him. We don't see him drinking. Clearly he's never taken drugs. He is addicted to the kitchen and the stressors that come with that, with, with that. And that, that's something where his mother feels most at home is one of those parallels that I think this is the first episode that the audience may be seeing a little bit further behind the curtains on exactly what it is that Carmine is dealing with. And these are not the funnest topics to talk about either. <laughs> I'm all for psychologically breaking down some characters, but there's usually some uh, some respite. And while they did have a, a little bit of humor with the fox, yes, I did love the brothers. I forgot to bring them up in the main part of the episode. It wasn't, it didn't cut through at all the oppressiveness that was Donna. And I don't think you were meant to escape it. And because of that, it doesn't make for yeah one of the the an, an episode I would rewatch. Let's say like that. But aesthetically, the writing, the acting, uh, the the directing, having everything in this small space the way they did, uh, even the 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 texture of the scenes, all of that was meant to give you that particular feeling that you walked away from because now you know what it feels like to be Carmichael at one point in his life. You just don't want to settle into that feeling. You definitely want to go uh, and and watch something funny. <laughs> like, ha, 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 this is really dumb kind of funny. And hug your child, maybe. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blackout magic.